Hey, good morning. It's Ken Walls. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am really, really fired up this morning. I have a very, very special guest on the show. I met this guy because of Lisa Copeland. I saw him on on her show, and then she's like, you got to get this guy on your show. And, and finally, we were able to work it out, and we have him. So I want to Welcome, Chris Saraceno. Did I say that right, Saraceno? You did say it right. Yes, right. absolutely, Ken. Hey, yeah, well, well, thank you, Ken. welcome. Yeah, man, thank you for being here. Well, it's a it's a pleasure and an honor to be on your show. Well, hey, it's uh, I feel honored myself, man. So, um, you know, you and I have had a couple of offline conversations, and and I think you know I I'm not in the car business. Although I seem to be connected to like everybody who's anybody in the car business. So my wife the other day said, maybe you're supposed to be doing something in the car business. The auto industry is a great industry. It really is. There's, yeah. And there's so many avenues of the auto industry. You got the auto dealers, you got the vendors, uh, you got the, the OEMs. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of opportunities, but but you know that's this this show really isn't about the the auto business as much as it's about um, you know I created this I mean I'll be 50 years old here in a couple of days actually on on Tuesday I think um, congratulations yeah yeah and and honestly I, f I feel like uh, 50 is the new 30 I, except for I feel like people are finally going to start taking me serious now like. You know, I'm 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 entering the elderly years. <laughs> so, I know what that feels like. Yeah, right. So so I'm like, you know, I decided I wanted to do a show where I can I can give back because I've been blessed in my life and and um, I want to give back and I think that we can empower other people and help them have breakthroughs and break through the walls that are holding them back in life um, just by. You know, hearing stories from somebody like you, and I, I know you've been through the ups and downs in life, and and overcame them, and 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 are winning anyway. So, um, you know, let's start out with, if you don't mind, let's start with like maybe telling everybody who you are, where you're from, what you do, where you were born and raised, things like that. Well, I'm 56 years old. I was born and raised in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, have uh, two bro uh, brothers, one older, one younger. Uh, our family was very active, involved in sports. We, my brothers and I, we all wrestled from second grade all the way up, uh, you know, to through high school and you know some of us in college. Uh, so we were a very active group. My my dad was a maybe one of the hardest working men I've ever met in my life. He was a barber. Uh, his Father was a barber before that. My my mom was a, a hard worker and the disciplinarian in the house and uh, very structured. And I, I give credit to her for for the discipline and organization uh, in my life uh, and uh, and pushing in life. And my dad is is maybe one of the uh, hardest working, kindest men you ever uh, have ever met. And I got involved in the auto industry really by accident uh, in 1984 after I graduated college. I really thought I was going to be a wrestling coach and. Uh, ended up meeting a couple mentors uh, at that time in my life. Uh, one was a dealer and one was a guy that owned a big amusement park. And that's sort of where the, the premise of the Theory of Five came in. Wow. Yeah. And, and so, you know, people, I didn't mention it. I mentioned it in the, the, the title um, of, the, of the Facebook post. But, you know, people don't, don't know that y you wrote a book and, and it's a – it's a best-selling book, right? The Theory of Five. There it is. It is. So, yeah. so um, I want to make sure everybody can see that. And I have, I've, I've told you, I've just begun because I have a stack of books to read over here that I've promised every single one of the authors who are friends of mine that I would read, and I haven't read everything yet. And I promise you, I will read it because I. That's that's part of my uh, my daily routine is is reading. So. Um, so let's but let's back up and talk about like you know growing up in Allentown, PA, um, Pennsylvania. You you obviously were a Steelers fan. That's a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was a, a Steelers, Eagles. Uh, I was a fan really of just sports in general. Yeah. 
I'm a huge Steelers fan. That's the only only reason I say that. But <laughs> but, but you know, I had uh, Jeffrey Gittimer, who's a friend of mine. He he was on the show. He's a die-hard Eagles fan. <laughs> I mean, there's no other football team in the world, to, according to him. So so you grew up in Allentown, which is that a small is that is a small town or? No, it's not really a small town. I would say I believe it's the the Lehigh Valley area is the third largest area, you know, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and then it would be the Lehigh Valley market, which, uh, is, which is Allentown, Bethlehem Easton area. Okay, okay. So, um, so you didn't grow up in a small town then, but you went to, um, you know, like your elementary and middle school and high school and all that. You you went there, right? I did, yes. And then okay. I went to a local university, I'll Cookstown University. Uh, was it was uh, it like predetermined that you were going to go to college, or was it was it something that you you decided on? You no, know, it really wasn't predetermined. Uh, I I I really I believe uh, where I lived. You know, when I was younger, I lived in an area that was a little bit of rough our area, and my parents really I think uh, stepped beyond their means and moved in a a neighborhood that was a a nicer neighborhood where everybody and all my friends were going to go to college. So in my mind, I thought. Okay, well, they're going to go to college, but my my parents really didn't push going to college or not. I think it was really my decision. Uh, we paid for our own college, took out student loans to go through it, but it was something that everybody was doing that I thought, okay, you know, that's something I want to do, and and so, uh, ended up going through. So you you went to college. What was your what what was your major? Well, I started out. I. I I wanted to be a teacher, uh, and then at that time in the early 80s, you had a lot of people saying, well, there's not too many teaching jobs, and they went into business and marketing. Okay, okay. And so you came out of college, and you immediately put um, put that that degree to work? Well, I was going to go work for an ad agency in Philadelphia was my first offer, okay. uh, and I was in a gym sort of complaining that I didn't want to move to Philly. And uh, somebody said, you should sell cars. And I said, I don't know anything about cars. Right. But uh, the guy who was the owner of the gym said, well, you know people. Uh, and yeah. Chris, you know lots of people in this area. You like to help people out. That's all you really need to do. And I was very fortunate that the first dealer group I worked with, they were a great fi- I only worked for two dealer groups in my life, and uh, both of them ha- have been wonderful, uh, wonderful families to work with. That's awesome. So, so I never experienced what you hear uh, about the auto industry, uh, where you heard all this uh, bad stuff years ago. I only heard uh, have dealt with people that have been transparent and very honest, yeah. uh, hardworking families. And I, I think that you know the auto. I, I mean, again, I'm not in the auto industry, <clears throat> so to speak, um, but I, I think that it gets a pretty bad rap. And it's it's probably just from a handful of people like anything else, right? Well, it's amazing how just a few bad eggs could ruin a whole batch. But I would tell you, uh, overall, I think the auto industry is a wonderful industry to be involved in. Uh, And, you know, to me, it's been great. I I sold for five years. I was a F&I manager, a sales manager, general sales manager, GM. Then I became the vice president of Kelly's, the Kelly Automotive Group, and, uh, and then became a partner. Uh, about ten years ago, and wow! So it's been a, it's been a wonderful experience for me. That's awesome, man. So so um, so you 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 started in the car business, and and that was right out of college, pretty much. That was right out of college. It was my first job. So you're twenty two, twenty three, twenty two years old. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you started what selling? Start selling. Now, now, what selling was that on a like? used. Well, you know what? I, I looked at it and I, I'm, I was very competitive and I looked at the, uh, the people around me and I saw that they really weren't working. And, uh, you know, I was taught my whole life in wrestling that iron sharpens iron. So you find the best person and you just watch what they're doing. Uh, and and I'm very competitive. Uh, it really was the first. Uh, it was a job that made me feel like the only analogy that gave me as good a feel as having my hand held in the middle of a mat. Uh, so when I sold the car, I felt like you know, it was instead of being a winner, I felt like it was a win-win that we both won, and and you were helping somebody out. So, I just realized that if you outworked and you watched the the best people and you kept asking questions, because uh, we didn't have any formal training at, training at that time. Uh, so I really was by observing and by a mentor, uh, the uh, retired dealer used to take a lot of time and talk to me, 
and wow. uh, share some of the thoughts on what he did. And he was maybe one of the best prospectors I've ever met where he had me program that 50% of your business should come from you and 50% should come from you creating your own business. So I didn't know anything else and I just believed him because he was one of the more su most successful people I've met at that time in my life. That's awesome. Jim, Jim Ziegler's on, on the stream right now. He, he says, I'm thinking about making a career out of it. <laughs> Bill well, have I tell you what everybody loves Jim Ziegler I, yeah. say, I, I love uh, reading his articles I love the way he thinks uh, he's just been wonderful in fact I just gave him one of my uh, one of the books when I saw him at a conference because I uh, it really made me think about him and, and he's somebody that I really respect and admire uh, yeah. in life in general Jim Jim I was um, I was blessed to have Jim on the show as well he's 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 something else Bill have is on here too he, he says that that we're two of his favorite guys that's awesome mm -hmm. so well, Bill I will tell you it, it has moved into the Le is in the Lehigh Valley area and has just made a name for himself in just a matter of years and he's definitely one of those people that looked at the business differently and outside the box and said you know what I'm going to figure out how to bring my own people in. I'm not waiting for people to come in. So yeah. you have hundreds and thousands of people like this around the business that are just self-starters that are so wonderful in this business. And I think I told you earlier that, you know, of my children, I tried to, every one of my children between 25 and 33, I attempted to get them involved in the auto industry, not working with, with me on a daily basis because I, I believe they have to prove themselves. But right. I think it's such a wonderful business that it just makes you better at understanding people. Uh, wow. And you know, uh, prospecting and follow up and organization. You know, I I, I um, started right I, I right out of high school. I didn't go to college. Right out of high school, I started working at the Honda factory, building Hondas here in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Right, and and I realized after a couple of years that there's a cap on on what you can. I mean, the plant manager was making one hundred and forty thousand dollars a year, and I'm like. That's it. Like I, I couldn't. Like I couldn't just. I, I. It wasn't me. So I ended up getting into sales. But I went to Tansky Toyota here in Columbus, Ohio, and and I. I'm like I'm gonna sell cars. This is at twenty twenty one. I don't. Even, I don't remember. I was young, mm -hmm. and and I took their personality test. And Tom Tansky, who I don't even know if he's still alive. He was fairly old back then. That was thirty years ago. Came in and he told me you should never get into sales. You're not you're not qualified. I, I'm like what <laughs> what? And I took that to you know I'll never forget that. So that was my experience trying to get into well, the car sales business, and I never did after that. But I you know I ended up becoming a national sales trainer for a while. So <laughs> like I think I did that to prove him wrong. Ken, I think sometimes those those. Uh... Uh, assessments they take that's it's just an assessment it's just a guide right but I, what I, I, I want to say one of the things about this industry that's so great that most people don't realize is that you know they may enter automotive retail but all the vendors the OEMs they want to hire people that have worked at a dealership that are that are standouts that are bright that excel they don't want to hire the average person they want to hire the person that stands out so right. you know you get involved in this industry you could go into many different areas being that you work for a, a cars.com an auto trader a true car yeah. one of the OEMs uh, there's so many great vendor partners out there that are looking for people that excel in retail so it's yeah. just a, it's so many great avenues uh, that you could go into if you do a good job and you stand out because everybody wants a hard worker and they want to they want a proven track record. Right, right. Well, I, I think that again, I would tell anybody if any young person like that's that wants to number one that wants to wants to maybe be an entrepreneur, right? If if they, I mean, you've got to learn how to sell if you're going to be an entrepreneur. You you have to, right? Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I I think if you're involved in auto sales, you could uh, when you start. If you wanted to start your own business and you did auto sales for a few years, that would be a great foundation of understanding how to run a business because you're it's essentially your own business. So it's yeah. to me, it's a great foundation. That's why I wanted each one of my children involved in the business. Right, right. And it, 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 I mean, again, once you learn how to communicate effectively with other human beings, you can, you can pretty much accomplish anything, you know? Um, so, so let's, so you, you got into sales and, and it, it sounds like you did pretty well. I did do well. I mean, back at, I think in 1984, my first year, I made 47, 
it was $47,000 and starting salaries at that time in my market was anywhere between 11 and $13,000. So that was, that was a real standout. Most of my friends at that time were, you know, living at home with their parents. And by 23, I already had a a single home. I had a couple rental properties. So uh, it really has, but that was, that was all about the people that I surrounded myself with. If I didn't have uh, these gentlemen uh, that were older and, had more, and wiser than me that took the time that really share with me, here's what you do and here's how you manage your money. You know, I don't know what would have happened because I, I really didn't have a vision. My vision was that I was going to, you know, get out of school, maybe be a wrestling coach, you know, live in a small home. I, I love dogs and I wanted to be around a bunch of dogs, but I, uh, they had me thinking differently. And that was really all part of the theory of five is that you are who you surround yourself with. And, and what they do is they change the way you think and the way you look at life. Right, right. So so you did very well. I mean, $47,000 in 1984, you said? 1984. That's like that's like what a hundred and forty today maybe a hundred. I would say I know it's over a hundred today. Oh, at least because I, I in eighty eight eighty nine I'm making forty fifty grand a year at Honda, and and like, I mean I was balling compared to everybody else my age, right? So like you're just doing extremely well, and then you started like like you started moving up, right? You started like in your career. I, I actually, uh, what happened is for five years I sold, I really had no interest in um, doing anything but selling, uh, but I had a couple people that worked with me at this dealership that moved to a bigger group, which was the Kelly Automotive Group, and um, okay. and they tried to recruit me for a year, uh, and I just wanted to sell, uh, and, and it was really my wife at the time pushed me and said, you know what, uh, they were the bigger company that's growing and you're going to fall behind. And you know, between her and the one of the managers that worked with me at the dealership and Greg Kelly, they convinced me to come work with the Kellys. Uh, and I was very fortunate within 18 months, I you know, went, went from selling to being a GM of the uh, Saturn store that we had, uh, which at that time we, we were ranked number one in the country Wow! Uh, for customer satisfaction and market share. Uh, and then I uh, ended up doing some work on my own and working with Saturn for five years. So my life went from real quickly from selling uh, cars to within a two-year period, I was you know, sitting in, in uh, Skip LaFoe's office, who at that time was the president of Saturn. And, and uh, I remember him asking me my thoughts on things. And I remember thinking, like, you know, what happened to my life in the last two years? But it was really wow. – it, it's sur- surrounding yourself with the right people. So I and and we're gonna talk in detail about that because your your book I I and now now like getting to know you better I I have to put down everything else I'm gonna read your book I'm gonna start reading it today so you're gonna so, love it uh, what's that I said I'm confident you will love it I, I'm sure I will I've heard raving reviews Lisa Copeland has has talked spoken highly about it so so you know and that's why I bought it I I saw that so um. But let's let's so you you here you are so let's see you're twenty you still you're still in your twenties at this point. Well, I was twenty two. I was twenty eight, twenty nine when I joined the Kellys. I was a uh, you know general manager, but before I was thirty, I was you know working with Saturn Corporation as one of the lead trainers. Uh, there were three of us originally around the country, and then it expanded to five and then eight. But I was one of the original three, wow. uh, and. Um, you know, and that was when Saturn was hot. I mean, that was yeah. as hot a company as you could as you could think about. Yeah. So, so wow, man. So you're not even 30 years old, and you're sitting with the president of Saturn, giving mm-hmm. him advice. <laughs> well, he was asking my opinion. Right. And I was that's, actually, that's, actually shocked that he wanted my thoughts on something. Right. It was, it was a very humbling experience. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. So you, so here you are at 29, 30 years, right in that area, and and like by all, by all standards or gauges, like you're killing it. I mean, literally killing it. Well, I didn't know what I didn't know. All I knew was I just kept moving forward. So I wasn't thinking. I I, I knew things were going well uh, and things were moving fast in my life. And then uh, and then at 35 years old, the Kellys invited me back as their vice president uh, of the company. That's incredible, man. And they're they're a it's a huge group, right? They're, they're a great group. They're a great family to work with. They they really have. I mean, I I am I'm so 
uh, blessed and you know honored, and I'm really yeah. for, I mean I should say the really word is unfortunate that I've met to have met them and that the family's been wonderful to me and have given me all the opportunity uh, in the world. That's incredible. So along your your path, I mean, you know, some people might watch this again. You know, this is called Breakthrough Walls, and it's to help people get unstuck, right? So so you know, some people may be watching this just thinking. Well, he was touched by God and just a lucky guy. Is that the case? I, I would say that's not the case. I, I, I would tell you I was very fortunate that I uh, was now the foundation of, of uh, sports and wrestling and yeah. uh, the foundation of, of, uh, of, of parents, uh, you know, uh, a, a mother that was very disciplined, organized and pushed you, yeah. a father that was very uh, loving and kind and, and, and coaching. So in yeah. a combination, it, it worked that you just kept kept pushing and you didn't really know anything else. It was just sort of what the way you looked at life. And, right. uh, you know, I believe when I was younger, you really didn't know if you were rich or poor. You just sort of, you know, lived life and you, you know, they didn't have social media where you could compare yourself. Right. Uh, all you know is you lived in a neighborhood and you had, we had fun. I had a, you know, I, I had a great life growing up. Right. Right. And, but so it's not, and I, of course I was being a bit facetious. It, it It's not, it's not luck. It's hard work, and it's dedication, mm-hmm. and it's it's being ethical, and all of those things combined. Um, but but I I would say more importantly is as we talked before, I think it's all about making sure you're with the right people. And I yeah. and as I mentioned in the book a couple of times, I I feel like one of the things I was really fortunate about is I just you know I just believe that if I saw somebody that I admired that automatically they would they would want to be my friend right so it's, it was very easy for me to just start asking questions and and assume oh that person's going to be my friend and they're, they're going to want to hang out with me and i didn't realize until years later that that was really uh, that was just a, a, a great way of thinking yeah. uh and befriending people that thought differently that that lived in different income ranges that were, and really what really happened is they were older than me, people that were 10 and 20 and 50 years older than me that were willing to just share their advice. And, uh, you know, fortunately I listened because I looked at it and said, they have all this. Why would I not listen to somebody that, that has this and has, has accomplished this much right. in life? Right. Right. I, I agree with you. Some similarities actually. So, so and it's it's I I don't think Grant Cardone coined it, but I've heard him say it. I've heard other people say it. Like if you hang out with five five millionaires, you'll become the sixth. If you mm-hmm. hang out with five broke miserable people, <laughs> you're probably going to become the sixth. Yes. Right. Yeah. So no, so, yeah, it's funny. One of the things I would tell my daughters uh, as they were growing up, and my children is, hey, people will treat you the way you allow them to treat. You. And if you allow people to be whiners and complainers around you, they're going to keep doing it. If you tell them you don't want to hear it and to stop in it in a nice way, you could do it. Uh, they're going to stop and move on to someone else. Yep, that's right. They'll they'll unfriend you on Facebook because mm-hmm. you won't you won't partake in their misery. <laughs> So, so let's kind of segue. So here you are. You're the the vice president of the 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 Kelly Automotive Group, um, and and doing doing well, obviously. Um, but like at some point, you decided you were going to write a book. Mm-hmm. Well, that was uh, years later. So I'm 56 right now. I started about 18 about 18 months ago, and I talked about the theory of five in in the orientations when I would go to a conference and speak. If I had some time left at the end of my normal presentation, uh, I would you know talk about the theory of five. And I had so many people at the end of the presentation walk up and say, "Boy, I liked your presentation, but what I really liked was when you talked about the theory of five. And uh, there was a good friend of mine, Susan Gibbons, who is also involved and, and a, a contributor of the book. She's the editor of Auto Success Magazine. She, we were at a conference one time, and she really pushed and said, you know, you should write a book. Uh, and uh, she actually gave me someone that could write it with me. But what really ha- uh, happened is about two years ago, I think I shared this with you, I had you know, several tragedies in my life where my wife went through uh, two bouts of cancer. Mm. Uh, I had a nephew, a godson that I, you know, that, that we loved. I looked at him as a son. He passed. And six months later, we had a son that passed. And I had two really good friends pass. And my parents, you know, after 56 years, decided to 
to separate and and then they each had heart attacks and my dad had Alzheimer's and I thought wow I, I this is supposed to happen you know some of this should never happen to anybody but this all happened in two years if, if I don't share this information now about the theory of five and it, in some ways it was therapy for me too sure. to write and share uh, the theory of five because I I, I feel like is something that everybody could use. And I, as I said to you before, I, I believe that every college graduate, I believe that anyone is, has gone to drug rehab or, 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 uh, or AA or, or, you know, is just looking for the right people or, or don't ha doesn't have that mentor or coach to guide them. Yeah. I believe the theory of five, I can't believe anyone would ever read the book and say, you know what? I don't agree with the overall philosophy because the philosophy is something that, Every parent that loves their child wants their child to go through. Anyone that cares about somebody else, we know surrounding yourself with the right people is crucial. Uh, and we talk about that your, you know, your income, the way you think, it will be the average of the five people you surround yourself with. So the reason we call it theory of five is for several reasons. One, it's about the five people you surround yourself with. And there's people that are those natural five, being that it's your coworkers, uh, being that it's your wife or husband, your your parents, uh, and that could be good or bad. I mean, if they're positive people, they're going to motivate you. And if there's some people, if, and once in a while we have relatives or family members that maybe whiners, complainers, or professional victims, and we know when that <laughs> yeah. phone rings and you say, oh, you know, I don't know if I want to talk to that person today, but we also have a choice to choose five people yeah. and find five people that you want to befriend or, or ask to be co-mentors you could use. And then I mentioned that the other reason that it's called the theory of five is that is that we believe that there's five key carries of, uh, categories of life uh, that really make people happy and prosperous if you know them and I'm I'm going to read through them we and they're not in any order it's whatever right. order is important to you but we believe that if you really stand out in spirituality and you have a foundation in spirituality that makes a difference in your happiness and prosperity yeah. we believe that if you really are good at, at building relationships and marriage that changes your uh, your prosperity and your happiness uh, we look at parenting you know you could have a great relationship with your spouse you could have spirituality but if you see your children are struggling that you know that's that you're always going to be heartbroken and you can never feel complete. So we believe being a really good parent and being around other parents is important. The fourth category would be business and finance, because, again, you could be great in spirituality and in relationships and, and, uh, and parenting. But if you can't pay the bills, if you can't support your family, if you can't provide food and shelter, you know, that's a strain on, on your life. But once you have that and you have those four categories, the last one is health and fitness because if anyone knows anyone that's been sick or unhealthy or have had health issues you know you really can't think of anything else it's tough to be a a great husband or wife or a great great friend or good in business if you're sick and unhealthy all the time so it's five, those are the five key areas of life and we believe that the five people are important and the book tells my story of what I've learned from different individuals and and then um, and what they've shared with me about how they have excelled in life. Who 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 are um, if you don't mind mention who who those some of those people are. I have eleven of to me are some of the most awesome individuals that are involved and contributed to the book. Uh, the first one, which a lot of people know, is Grant Cardone. Of course, he's a you know an author, a trainer, entrepreneur. He's all over. He's uh, but everybody knows Grant. And then you got Dave Anderson, who I mean is one of the best leadership trainers I've ever met. He's the founder and CEO of Learn to Lead, uh, and he was involved in the book. Wow. Uh, many people know Chip Perry. Chip Perry uh, is the founder of Auto Trader. He's now the president and CEO of TrueCar. Wow. Dale Pollock is one of the most respected people in the auto industry. He's the founder uh, and the creator of V Auto. David Boyce is the co-founder and CEO of Velocity and Tier 10 and a half a dozen other companies. You got Jerry Pyle, and if you ever heard of Gulf States Toyota, he yeah. was the president of Gulf States Toyota, but he also was the vice president of the freaking group, uh, which most people in the auto industry know how big a group that is and, and uh, you know, what they, how much impact they have. Jim O'Connor might be the most uh, respected uh, 
person in the auto industry is Jim O'Connor was the uh, former group president of Ford Motor Corporate uh, Company. Uh, and uh, he's also on the board of directors for Kelly Automotive Group. And he's wow. also a partner at Kelly Ford. And Jerry Pyle also is a, uh, a board of director member on Kelly Automotive. Evelyn Longsworth is a woman that's been a consultant with the multi-million and billion dollar companies and maybe is the most impactful person I met in my life. Wow. Uh, as, What's her name again? Evelyn Longsworth. Okay. Uh, and she's a woman I met, and I remember when I met her, I remember thinking and looking at her and knowing her and saying, I hope my daughters could grow up to be the woman she is. Uh, wow. And she has been so impactful just in the way I think about parenting in life and just about life in general. Wow. Uh, Susan Givens, my good friend, I mentioned about Auto Success Magazine. Yeah. She's the editor and the founder of that. Sean Wolfington, many people know Sean. He is the CEO, CEO of the Wolfington Companies. He has sold uh, several companies for uh, you know millions of dollars and also has been involved in movies and producing the movie like Bella, uh, Mighty Max, Little Boy, uh, Self-Medicated, uh, wow. Hold On. And uh, he's uh, well-known and well-respected. And then Lee Kemp. Uh, is a was a Ford dealer. He was the uh, founder of a company called Hire the Winners, a recruiting and staffing company. But more important, importantly than that, he is ranked as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time in the United States. He's a three-time national champ, a three-time world champ. Wow. He's an Olympian. He was the head coach in the in, in the Olympics in Beijing, uh, Beijing, wow. and just an awesome person. So those are the eleven people that were involved and contributed to the book sharing their secrets to success, their secrets to happiness and prosperity. And, you know, success and prosperity doesn't always mean money. It, it just means living right. a fulfilled life. That's right. So, so you, so you, um, how, how did they contribute? Like you called and interviewed them or they actually wrote part of it? No, well, I, I, uh, I've known all of them for years and, and uh, consider them all friends. And uh, I asked them, if, I told them about the book. I told them what it was all about. I told them about the theory of five and, and how important it was. And I asked if they would be interested in being part of it and being interviewed for the book. So we interviewed them. Wow. Uh, you know, of course, we took detailed notes. We had them review it and uh, look at it to make sure that it, they were comfortable with everything. And so there are 70 pages of the book. Uh, our interviews with these folks here. Wow, that's incredible. I, I got to read it. <laughs> I'm going to read it. Like I'm canceling all my appointments for today, and I'm reading the book. So, so like it sounds like a, an incredibly powerful book, and, and I'm sure that it is. Um, and coming from an incredibly and and you you're you're humble enough that you probably won't even like being called this. Um, but, but an incredibly powerful guy. I mean, you've, you've, you've built some power in your life. And it, it, I mean, if we're, we're honest, I mean, you can't, well, I've, I've never considered myself that I really consider myself. Uh, uh, I like seeing people do well. I've always said that. I think that's why I wanted to be a wrestling coach. Cause I, I, I love to see people that want to do well, do yeah. well. I love uh, that. And, man. and that's, the coach in me that likes to see that um, there's nothing that frustrates me more with somebody that I see that has potential and they're not living up to their potential. Uh, Cause I just look at it and say, we have you know one shot at this great life. Yeah. I, I mentioned it in a book is that, you know, we we've all won the greatest lottery uh, on this planet and that's being alive. The chance of our mother and father meeting each other and, and being born is, is, is trillions to one. Right. So, right. Uh, we've all heard the story about the dash of the, uh, on your tombstone yeah. uh, and we had that one shot to do it. But I, it's really, to me, it's, it truly does come down to all the people you hang out with that makes a difference in your life. And there's, I, I hope when people read the book that they, they look at it and reevaluate and say, Hey, these are people that I really, I'm thrilled they're in my life. I want them in more. And there may be some people I'm not telling you to dump them, but I am telling you is you may want to limit yourself. I, I what I am saying is you may want to be more blunt and yeah. direct and say that's unacceptable. I, you know, I don't want to hear that. It brings me down. You're nagging me out. There's yeah. there's nothing wrong with telling people that. I totally uh, yeah. agree, man. I here let me but let me you just you just made me think of something that that may because I you know I shared with you um, I don't know when it's when we first started talking that you know I'm coming up on 16 years of sobriety in mm -hmm. in August and and it's like 
which is a gift, a blessing, mind blowing. Like I, I can't even believe it because there was a point in my life where it was my natural state was always, always, always have a big bottle of Crown Royal in your desk drawer, in the glove box, whatever, like always. And, you know, normally it was almost empty. <laughs> so, so like, you know, my natural state was to be drunk and, and, you know, there, there, I look back and I've looked back, I've reflected on this, I've written about it. There were people in my life when, by the time I finally got sober, everybody gave up on me. Like I didn't, there weren't five people around me. Like there was nobody around me. But I look at the people I had surrounded myself with my entire life, and if they didn't fit that mold of being a high shelf um, drunk, so they had to be somewhat successful if I was going to hang out with them, but they had to drink like I did. So mm -hmm. I, I can look at all of what you're talking about, and you're 100% dead on. However, what about if you're raised in an environment where your parents are? Because I, I mean, I, I'm just going to be real. That's where I was raised. I like it was there was nothing but negativity. It seems like now, but like what? How do you how do you reprogram yourself from your in, from your perspective? How does somebody come out of that and reprogram themselves to to say enough of this negativity? I I, I need different people. Well, I would tell you, I think that I believe that some of the best lessons we learn in life is what not to do from people. And you look at somebody's life and you say, you know, think of the worst boss you ever had or think of some of the worst experiences and how it made you feel. And to say to yourself, I never want to make anyone feel that way. Right. I never want anyone to experience that. So I, I have found that some of the individuals that have excel in life and the happiest have, and the reason they are is because they looked at a, a bad experience and they turned that, that anti, we call it an anti-mentor in the book. They looked at that and said, that's one of the best lessons they've ever had. Some of the best managers I've ever seen when I asked them why and what made them so good. And they say, we didn't, I didn't go through any formal training. All I knew is I wanted to do the opposite of that person and how they treated somebody. So, that's how I would look at it. And that's the same for, you know, for brothers, sisters. I mean, best friends that you had in high school or in elementary school, they may be very different today that you look at it. And somebody that at that time everybody looked up to, you know, 10 years later, they dig themselves in addiction. You might do your best to help them out. But if they can't change, you know, then you can't be with them. They can't pull you down. It's like somebody drowning in, in the ocean. They're going to pull you down with them. Right. If you allow it. Right. And and it's not a matter of being cold hearted. It's not a matter of that. It's a matter of uh, it's like and we've all heard the story about when you're sitting on an airplane, you know, put your mask on before you help anybody else. You cannot have a positive impact in the world if you're surrounded by a bunch of idiots dragging you down. I don't care what their title in life is. Mom, dad, sister, brother, yep. friend, acquaintance doesn't matter, does it? I mean, it, it, I, I've, I've said this before and, I, and it may come across selfish, but yeah, if you don't love yourself and if you don't believe in yourself, you, it's tough to love others and believe in other people. So you really have to make sure that you're that you're taking care of yourself. If you want to be a great father, uh, husband, wife, friend, you got to be healthy. And and being around people that are bringing you down all the time uh, and complaining and whining, to me, that's the worst possible infection you could have in in warping your mind. I I totally agree. There's a, uh, there's a, 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 a comedian in the recovery and it's a recovered alcoholic. He's very famous. Um, but he's, he, uh, and his, he talks about this other program for the, it started as the wives of alcoholics. Now there's a lot of women that are, that are getting sober as well. But, um, and, and he said it, it's called Al-Anon. He said that's <laughs> where wine is a verb. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, like I don't, I don't do well. And maybe, maybe it's because of my experiences, but I don't do well with people who whine and complain. In fact, it, 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 it really does something to me on a cellular level and I can feel it. Uh, I, I'm going to say my, my 
tolerance for people that are whining and complaining is very limited. And I, I believe if you really care about somebody, you tell them. Uh, there's nothing, the best gift you could give to somebody is being, is being blunt and letting them know. And you gotta let them know the reason I'm telling you this is because I do care about you and you're really hurting yourself. But, you know, think about this. Uh, for, for us who, for anyone listening right now that's a parent, Every one of us as a parent, we are so concerned who our children hang out with because we understand that we're a part of influencing them, but a, a big part of influencing your children or who they surround themselves with in school. It's, so, it, it, it's going to affect the way they think, but it doesn't change being that you're 30 years old or you're 56 years old or you're 70 years old. You start spending time with the wrong people that start doing the wrong things and they have the wrong mindset. You know, somehow we think when we're an adult, we become immune to uh, that negative impact. It's no different than our children. No. So we have to look at who we spend our time with on a daily basis just as much, if not more, than our children. Because it's if we're hanging out with the wrong people, we can't be the best parent either. Man, that is so powerful. You're you're so right, man. I mean, you're – Wow. Okay, I, I'm just going to start reading this on air right now, out loud. <laughs> like, okay, so, so and, and listen, again, you know, you get to, to 50 years old, like, like I, I'm almost there. Somebody wished me a happy birthday yesterday on my timeline. I'm like, don't make me 50 yet. I'm still 49. But, but, you know. Well, you know like, what, Ken? My point of view is every year that I'm a year older, that's, uh, I feel so fortunate because we just keep, there's lots of people who love to hit our age. I know. And be, and be healthy. I know, man. I know. And I'm, I'm, you know, so I'm very, uh, look, I, again, I'm grateful, but I, I, I sometimes catch myself, and this is me being transparent, you know, I catch myself thinking, man, I, I've, I've, I've heard it all already, right? And I've read it all. I've read, all of Zig Ziglar's books, all of Tom Hopkins stuff, all of, of Napoleon Hill, I've, I, all of it, Grant Cardone, everything, right? So I've already heard it all. So sometimes I think that that, that closed-mindedness will shut us off from big, big blessings, right? Well, I look at it as because uh, sometimes I'll fall into that, and then I have to remind myself that in, in sports or working out, staying in shape, you know, you still have to you have to be continuous. You you can't say I worked out for 30 years or 40 years and say, well, I don't need to work out anymore. Right. You still have to do it. Every, you have to do it several times a week to make sure. So I would say educating is no different than taking care of your body. Amen. It's taking care of your mind. So let me ask you this. And, and I, I have a suspicion what you may um, how you may answer this, but I don't want to make assumptions. So when look, you see people of all walks of life like you're not just hanging out with with you know already super successful people they you interview people you see them coming through the dealership or whatever mm -hmm. um the people who are stuck the ones that you can you can just see it they're stuck you know it you can feel it right what is the biggest mistake you see those people making that's holding them back in life uh, I think the biggest mistake is who they spend their time with. Is because it really? If, yeah, because if they start spending time with different people that think differently, they're gonna they're gonna start thinking that they can do this. Because unless you have a mental or physical, well, think of the people that have mental and physical handicaps that excel in life. Yeah. Because they 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 think differently. Uh, but if if you surround yourself with the wrong people all the time that have you believing that you can't excel that you can't have a happy life and pros uh, prosperous life that's what you end up becoming uh i i really believe that you know the best gift we could give to people is is change the way they think and as you talked uh, you and i talked uh, before being that uh, being that it's any addiction that you have because there's many many different addictions yeah you got to yeah. change the people and you got to change the places yeah that you surround yourself with and if you don't change the people and the places you're going to be stuck in that same trap all the time I, I, and you know what? Most people that excel like to help people. There's so many people out yeah. there, and the people that are listening right now, I guarantee you that if you look at it and say, you love to see people grow and excel, there's there's no better gift than to see other people growing and excelling in life. Totally agree, man. 
totally agree. And and the energy that it's it's all about energy. I mean, Einstein said, you know, everything is energy in motion. So if I'm hanging out with with you and you're this upbeat, high energy, happy guy, well, unless I'm just a miserable dude that's you know destined to what for whatever, it's going to bring me up, right? And and so I, I can remember when I first when I first got sober and I went to AA for a long long time, you know like I remember they said you've got to change you've got to change um, um, uh, uh, playmates and playgrounds, mm-hmm. people and places like yeah. don't hang out with the same people that you were hanging out in the bars with like you're gonna get drunk again you're get, like. So, you know, I can, I can, I'm telling you, man, you're a thousand percent right. Thousand percent right. So that leads me into to one of the, I ask this, these, a couple of these questions on every single, every single interview. A guy comes to you and he says, man, my electric's getting shut off tomorrow. My car was repoed yesterday, probably got another week and the landlord's throwing me out on my head. I, I don't have, I can't, I searched the couch. I can't find two nickels to rub together and can't feed my family. W- what do I do? Is he somebody who works with me? No. Or somebody I don't know? Either. Either. Well, somebody that works with you, you're going to go, okay, hey, here, let's come up with a plan. Some, well, let's that's tell a stranger. If he works with me, I'm going to come up with a plan. Right. And if I know the guy has potential based on watching him yeah. or, the, or the woman, the person has a yeah. has potential, I'm probably going to help him out. We're going to give him an advancement yeah. 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 Uh, based on meeting criteria. Sure. So everything sure. is going to be tied to criteria and doing something different. Uh, if it's... If it's just some person I don't know off the street or I'm at a conference and they walk up to me, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just going to start. I'm going to probably ask lots of questions like, what are you doing to make a living right now? Tell me who you're hanging out with. You know, what is your what are your daily activities? What time do you get up? I'm going to want to know more about that person and ask a lot more questions before so, I make any recommendation. I, you know what? What amazes me and, and I love it is everything that I'm asking you, you're almost always tying it back to who are you hanging out with who's in your in your inner circle you know what because truly uh think of the times in life where where the folks that are listening right now that you've been the happiest you're the happiest when you're surrounding yourself with good people at the moments in life the times in life the years in life that you can look back at and or forward and say that you're the happiest that's when you were surrounding yourself with the best people. And when you catch yourself down and when you catch yourself that you had a, a tough time, in many cases, it was because you surrounded yourself with the wrong people. Man. We all have certain things in our life that where bad things happen that are unavoidable. And it has nothing to do with you. But the times that you know that you just don't feel right, you just don't feel as happy, that's because you were around the wrong people and they were draining you. And the happiest times is when you were around people that, that inspired you and motivated you. And you just felt like it. that statement, iron sharpens iron, is so true in every area of life, being that sports, business, or just life in general. It, I, man, this this has been a, an, a very, very powerful interview. You are so spot on. Like I, I, so I didn't post the link to your book in the in the in the feed because when you do that um, on an initial live stream, Facebook will limit who gets to see the live stream. So what I'm going to do is go back and I'm going to post the link as a comment um, to to your book on on Amazon. I think is there a way is there a way for people to buy a, a signed copy from you? There is. If there's Amazon, you could buy the you know the soft cover and an ebook. Okay. Uh, if you go to theoryof5.com, uh, then you would order it. Now out? it takes a little longer. It may take uh, two weeks to get it. Yeah. But if you if you order it through theoryof5.com, uh, then you would get a signed copy from me. Is it theory um, of five? The number five or the the number five? Theoryof5.com. Okay, so it's not spelled out F I V E. No, no, it's not. Okay. Yes, yeah, it's, okay. it's the number five. Okay, so theoryof5.com, and they can get a signed copy from they you. They can get a signed copy. Uh, it it just takes a little bit longer because I got to wait till I'm in a certain area ta- of town, and they get yeah. shipped to a certain area, and then I sh- then I will sign. I signed every one that that has uh, ordered it through the website. Yeah, 
That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, so let me ask you this: how can how can people follow you? Well, you could follow me on Facebook. I have the uh, my business page, uh, which is open. That's Chris Saracino, and and my my regular page. And I now I think they limit you to five thousand people. They do uh, on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, so you could go there. Uh, also on Instagram on theoryof5.com or my regular site, which is Chris Saracino, uh, and uh, Twitter, uh, Chris Saracino also. Wow. Uh, so it's and Twitter it's Chris B Saracino. Okay. So so Chris, what's what's coming up next for you? What's 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 um, somebody like you? Um, I can't see that you're a guy that's like okay, I've accomplished everything. I'm good. I'm gonna, I'm going to coast now. Well, what's ne- next is focusing on being the the best father, you know, husband, uh, grandfather, because I'm a uh, grandfather of soon to be five grandchildren. Wow! Uh, I could, and then also, uh, you know, helping grow the Kelly Automotive Group because uh, we have aspirations of growing the company wow. uh, and making sure that we're profitable because. I look at it and say, once you're part of a company, we have an obligation to every team member to make sure they could they can make the living they deserve to make, so they can support their family. Wow, man, you are just a, a super guy, man. So I, I can't. Uh, is is there anything that any any parting words of wisdom um, or or advice that you would give to to any final words you'd like to give to my audience to? To, to help them out. Well, the statement we used in our family is tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. Uh, and, um, and we also used to use the statement of, you know, people will treat you the way you allow them to treat you. Uh, and if there's somebody that's treating you in a way that you're not comfortable, you need to let them know that you're not comfortable and why uh, you're not comfortable with it. Wow. I love it, man. I love it. Well, Chris, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for coming on as, as, on the show. I, I, I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate you taking the time. Well, I'm honored to be on the show, and I was thrilled that when you invited me to be on the show. So thank you very much, and, and I'm looking forward to a, a long relationship and getting to know you better. Likewise, likewise, my friend. So, hey, you guys all make sure that you um, follow Chris. I'm going to post the links here on Facebook. I'm going to post the link to Chris's website and um, to to his his um, book also. Um, so you can buy it from him directly and wait a couple weeks, or you can get it from Amazon in a couple days and 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 track him down and ask him to sign it someday. <laughs> so, I'd be happy to. Yeah. So anyway, well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who shared this out and liked it and loved it. The Theory of Five, go pick up your copy today. Right. The Theory of Five, change the people you're hanging out with if your life's going bad is what it sounds like to me. And I, I agree. I agree with you. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Ken, thank you very much. Have a great day. All right, you too. We'll see you guys later. All right, bye.